Section 9 of Report of the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, the Warren Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Report of the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, the Warren Commission Report, by the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy. Chapter 3, The Shots from the Texas School Book Depository, Part 3. The Bullet Wounds In considering the question of the source of the shots fired at President Kennedy and Governor Connolly, the Commission has also evaluated the expert medical testimony of the doctors who observed the wounds during the emergency treatment at Parkland Hospital and during the autopsy at Bethesda Naval Hospital. It paid particular attention to any wound characteristics which would be of assistance in identifying a wound as the entrance or exit point of a missile. Additional information regarding the source and nature of the injuries was obtained by expert examination of the clothes worn by the two men, particularly those worn by President Kennedy, and from the results of special wound ballistics tests conducted at the Commission's request, using the C-2766 Manlicker Carcano rifle with ammunition of the same type as that used and found on November 22, 1963. The President's Head Wounds The detailed autopsy of President Kennedy performed on the night of November 22 at the Bethesda Naval Hospital led the three examining pathologists to conclude that the smaller hole in the rear of the President's skull was the point of entry and that the large opening on the right side of his head was the wound of exit. The smaller hole on the back of the president's head measured one-fourth of an inch by five-eighths of an inch, six by fifteen millimeters. The dimensions of that wound were consistent with having been caused by a 6.5 millimeter bullet fired from behind and above, which struck at a tangent or an angle causing a 15 millimeter cut. The cut reflected a larger dimension of entry than the bullet's diameter of 6.5 millimeters since the missile, in effect, sliced along the skull for a fractional distance until it entered. The dimension of 6 millimeters, somewhat smaller than the diameter of a 6.5 millimeter bullet, was caused by the elastic recoil of the skull, which shrinks the size of an opening after a missile passes through it. Lieutenant Colonel Pierre A. Fink, chief of the Wound Ballistics Pathology Branch of the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology, who has had extensive experience with bullet wounds, illustrated the characteristics which led to his conclusions about the head wound by a chart prepared by him. This chart, based on Colonel Fink's studies of more than 400 cases, depicted the effect of a perforating missile wound on the human skull. When a bullet enters the skull, cranial vault, at one point and exits at another, it causes a beveling or cratering effect where the diameter of the hole is smaller on the impact side than on the exit side. Based on his observations of that beveling effect on the president's skull, Colonel Fink testified, President Kennedy was, in my opinion, shot from the rear. The bullet entered in the back of the head and went out on the right side of his skull. He was shot from above and behind. Commander James J. Humes, senior pathologist and director of laboratories at the Bethesda Naval Hospital, who acted as chief autopsy surgeon, concurred in Colonel Fink's analysis. He compared the beveling or coning effect to that caused by a BB shot which strikes a pane of glass, causing a round or oval defect on the side of the glass where the missile strikes, and a belled-out or coned-out surface on the opposite side of the glass. 
Referring to the bullet hole on the back of President Kennedy's head, Commander Humes testified, The wound on the inner table, however, was larger and had what in the field of wound ballistics is described as a shelving or coning effect. After studying the other hole in the President's skull, Commander Humes stated, We concluded that the large defect to the upper right side of the skull, in fact, would represent a wound of exit. Those characteristics led Commander Humes and Commander J. Thornton Boswell, chief of pathology at Bethesda Naval Hospital, who assisted in the autopsy, to conclude that the bullet penetrated the rear of the president's head and exited through a large wound on the right side of his head. Ballistics experiments, discussed more fully in Appendix 10, pages 585 to 586, showed that the rifle and bullets identified above were capable of producing the president's head wound. The wound ballistics branch of the United States Army Laboratories at Edgewood Arsenal, Maryland, conducted an extensive series of experiments to test the effect of Western Cartridge Company 6.5mm bullets, the type found on Governor Connolly's stretcher and in the presidential limousine, fired from the C-2766 Manlicher Carcano rifle found in the depository. The Edgewood Arsenal tests were performed under the immediate supervision of Alfred G. Oliver, a doctor who had spent seven years in wounds ballistics research for the U.S. Army. One series of tests, performed on reconstructed inert human skulls, demonstrated that the president's head wound could have been caused by the rifle and bullets fired by the assassin from the sixth-floor window. The results of this series were illustrated by the findings on one skull which was struck at a point closely approximating the wound of entry on President Kennedy's head. That bullet blew out the right side of the reconstructed skull in a manner very similar to the head wound of the president. As a result of these tests, Dr. Oliver concluded that a Western Cartridge Company 6.5 bullet fired from the C-2766 Manlicher Carcano rifle at a distance of 90 yards would make the same type of wound as that found on the president's head. Referring to the series of tests, Dr. Oliver testified, It disclosed that the type of head wounds that the president received could be done by this type of bullet. This surprised me very much, because this type of stable bullet I didn't think would cause a massive head wound. I thought it would go through, making a small entrance and exit, but the bones of the skull are enough to deform the end of the bullet, causing it to expend a lot of energy and blowing out the side of the skull or blowing out fragments of the skull. After examining the fragments of the bullet which struck the reconstructed skull, Dr. Oliver stated that, the recovered fragments were very similar to the ones recovered on the front seat and on the floor of the car. To me, this indicates that those fragments did come from the bullet that wounded the president in the head. The President's Neck Wounds During the autopsy at Bethesda Naval Hospital, another bullet wound was observed near the base of the back of President Kennedy's neck, slightly to the right of the spine, which provides further enlightenment as to the source of the shots. The hole was located approximately five and one-half inches, 14 centimeters, from the tip of the right shoulder joint and approximately the same distance below the tip of the right mastoid process, the bony point immediately behind the ear. The wound was approximately one-fourth by one-seventh of an inch, had clean edges, was sharply delineated, and had margins similar in all respects to those of the entry wound in the skull. Commanders Hume and Boswell agreed with Colonel Fink's testimony that this hole is a wound of entrance, the basis for that conclusion is that this wound was relatively small with clean edges. It was not a jagged wound, and that is what we see in a wound of entrance at long range. 
The autopsy examination further disclosed that, after entering the president, the bullet passed between two large muscles, produced a contusion on the upper part of the pleural cavity, without penetrating that cavity, bruised the top portion of the right lung, and ripped the windpipe, trachea, in its path through the president's neck. The examining surgeons concluded that the wounds were caused by the bullet rather than the tracheotomy performed at Parkland Hospital. The nature of the bruises indicated that the president's heart and lungs were functioning when the bruises were caused, whereas there was very little circulation in the president's body when incisions on the president's chest were made to insert tubes during the tracheotomy. No bone was struck by the bullet, which passed through the president's body. By projecting from a point of entry on the rear of the neck and proceeding at a slightly downward angle through the bruised interior portions, the doctors concluded that the bullet exited from the front portion of the president's neck that had been cut away by the tracheotomy. Concluding that a bullet passed through the president's neck, the doctors at Bethesda Naval Hospital rejected a theory that the bullet lodged in the large muscles of the back of his neck and fell out through the point of entry when external heart massage was applied at Parkland Hospital. In the earlier stages of the autopsy, the surgeons were unable to find a path into any large muscle in the back of the neck. At that time, they did not know that there had been a bullet hole in the front of the president's neck when he arrived at Parkland Hospital because the tracheotomy incision had completely eliminated that evidence. While the autopsy was being performed, surgeons learned that a whole bullet had been found at Parkland Hospital on a stretcher which, at that time, was thought to be the stretcher occupied by the president. This led to speculation that the bullet might have penetrated a short distance into the back of the neck and then dropped out onto the stretcher as a result of the external heart massage. Further exploration during the autopsy disproved this theory. The surgeons determined that the bullet had passed between two large strap muscles and bruised them without leaving any channel, since the bullet merely passed between them. Commander Humes, who believed that a tracheotomy had been performed from his observations at the autopsy, talked by telephone with Dr. Perry early on the morning of November 23rd and learned that his assumption was correct and that Dr. Perry had used the missile wound in the neck as the point to make the incision. This confirmed the Bethesda surgeon's conclusion that the bullet had exited from the front part of the neck. The findings of the doctors who conducted the autopsy were consistent with the observations of the doctors who treated the president at Parkland Hospital. Dr. Charles S. Carrico, a resident surgeon at Parkland, noted a small wound approximately one-fourth of an inch in diameter, five to eight millimeters, in the lower third of the neck below the Adam's apple. Dr. Malcolm O. Perry, who performed the tracheotomy, described the wound as approximately one-fifth of an inch in diameter, five millimeters, and exuding blood which partially hid the edges that were neither clean-cut, that is, punched out, nor were they very ragged. Dr. Carrico testified as follows. Question. Based on your observations on the neck wound alone, did have a sufficient basis to form an opinion as to whether it was entrance or an exit wound? Answer. No, sir, we did not. Not having completely evaluated all the wounds, traced out the course of the bullets, this wound would have been compatible with either entrance or exit wound depending upon the size, the velocity, the tissue structure, and so forth. The same response was made by Dr. Perry to a similar query. Question. Based on the appearance of the neck wound alone, could it have been either an entrance or an exit wound? Answer. It could have been either. Then each doctor was asked to take into account the other known facts, such as the autopsy findings, the approximate distance the bullet traveled, and tested muzzle velocity of the assassination weapon. 
With these additional factors, the doctors commented on the wound on the front of the president's neck as follows. Dr. Carrico. With those facts, and the fact as I understand it no other bullet was found, this would be, this was, I believe, an exit wound. Dr. Perry. A full-jacketed bullet without deformation passing through skin would leave a similar wound for an exit and entrance wound, and with the facts which you have made available, and with those assumptions, I believe that it was an exit wound. Other doctors at Parkland Hospital who observed the wound prior to the tracheotomy agreed with the observations of doctors Perry and Carrico. The bullet wound in the neck could be seen for only a short time since Dr. Perry eliminated evidence of it when he performed the tracheotomy. He selected that spot since it was the point where such an operation was customarily performed, and it was one of the safest and easiest spots from which to reach the trachea. In addition, there was possibly an underlying wound to the muscles in the neck, the cartoid artery, or the jugular vein, and Dr. Perry concluded that the incision, therefore, had to be low in order to maintain respiration. Considerable confusion has arisen because of comments attributed to Dr. Perry concerning the nature of the neck wound. Immediately after the assassination, many people reached erroneous conclusions about the source of the shots because of Dr. Perry's observations to the press. On the afternoon of November 22nd, a press conference was organized at Parkland Hospital by members of the White House press staff and a hospital administrator. Newsmen with microphones and cameras were crowded into a room to hear statements by Drs. Perry and William Kemp Clark, chief neurosurgeon at Parkland, who had attended to President Kennedy's head injury. Dr. Perry described the situation as bedlam. The confusion was compounded by the fact that some questions were only partially answered before other questions were asked. At the news conference, Dr. Perry answered a series of hypothetical questions and stated to the press that a variety of possibilities could account for the president's wounds. He stated that a single bullet could have caused the president's wounds by entering through the throat, striking the spine, and being deflected upward, with the point of exit being through the head. This would have accounted for the two wounds he observed, the hole in the front of the neck and the large opening in the skull. At that time, Dr. Perry did not know about either the wound on the back of the president's neck or the small bullet hole wound in the back of the head. As described in Chapter 2, the President was lying on his back during his entire time at Parkland. The small hole in the head was also hidden from view by the large quantity of blood which covered the President's head. Dr. Perry said his answers at the press conference were intended to convey his theory about what could have happened, based on his limited knowledge at the time, rather than his professional opinion about what did happen. Commenting on his answers at the press conference, Dr. Perry testified before the Commission, I expressed it his answers, as a matter of speculation, that this was conceivable. But again, Dr. Clark, who also answered questions at the conference, and I emphasized that we had no way of knowing. Dr. Perry's recollection of his comments is corroborated by some of the news stories after the press conference. The New York Herald Tribune on November 23, 1963, reported as follows. Dr. Malcolm Perry, 34, attendant surgeon at Parkland Hospital, who attended the president, said he saw two wounds one below the Adam's apple, the other at the back of the head. He said he did not know if two bullets were involved. It is possible, he said, that the neck wound was the entrance and the other the exit of the missile. According to this report, Dr. Perry stated merely that it was possible that the neck wound was a wound of entrance. This conforms with his testimony before the commission, where he stated that by themselves, the characteristics of the neck wound were consistent with being either a point of entry or exit. Wound Ballistics Tests Experiments performed by the Army Wound Ballistics Experts at Edgewood Arsenal, Maryland, 
discussed in Appendix 10, page 582, show that under simulated conditions, entry and exit wounds are very similar in appearance. After reviewing the path of the bullet through the president's neck, as disclosed in the autopsy report, the experts simulated the neck by using comparable material with a thickness of approximately 5.5 inches, 3.5 to 14.5 centimeters, which was the distance traversed by the bullet. Animal skin was placed on each side, and Western Cartridge Company's 6.5 bullets were fired from the C-2766 Mandlicher Carcano rifle from a distance of 180 feet. The animal skin on the entry side showed holes which were regular and round. On the exit side, two holes were only slightly elongated, indicating that the bullet had become only a little unstable at the point of exit. A third exit hole was round, although not quite as regular as the entry holes. The exit holes, especially the one most nearly round, appeared similar to the descriptions given by Drs. Perry and Carrico of the hole in the front of the president's neck. The autopsy disclosed that the bullet which entered the back of the president's neck hit no bony structure and proceeded in a slightly downward angle. The markings on the president's clothing indicate that the bullet moved in a slight right-to-left lateral direction as it passed through the president's body. After the examining doctors expressed the thought that a bullet would have lost very little velocity in passing through the soft tissue of the neck, wound ballistics experts conducted tests to measure the exit velocity of the bullet. The tests were the same as those used to create entry and exit holes, supplemented by the use of brake-type screens, which measure the velocity of bullets. The entrance velocity of the bullet fired from the rifle averaged 1,904 feet per second after it traveled 180 feet. The exit velocity averaged 1,772 to 1,798 feet per second, depending upon the substance through which the bullet passed. A photograph of the path of the bullet traveling through the simulated neck showed that it proceeded in a straight line and was stable. Examination of Clothing the clothing worn by President Kennedy on November 22nd had holes and tears which showed that a missile entered the back of his clothing in the vicinity of his lower neck and exited through the front of his shirt immediately behind his tie, nicking the knot of his tie in its forward flight. Although the caliber of the bullet could not be determined, and some of the clothing items precluded a positive determination that some tears were made by a bullet, all the defects could have been caused by a 6.5-millimeter bullet entering the back of the president's lower neck and exiting in the area of the knot of his tie. An examination of the suit jacket worn by the president by FBI agent Frazier revealed a roughly circular hole approximately one-fourth of an inch in diameter on the rear of the coat, five and three-eighths inches below the top of the collar and one and three-quarter inches to the right of the center-back seam of the coat. The hole was visible on the upper rear of the coat slightly to the right of center. Traces of copper were found in the margins of the hole, and the cloth fibers around the margins were pushed inward. Those characteristics established that the hole was caused by an entering bullet. Although the precise size of the bullet could not be determined from the hole, it was consistent with having been made by a 6.5-millimeter bullet. The shirt worn by the president contained a hole on the back side, five and three-quarter inches below the top of the collar, and one and one-eighth inches to the right of the middle of the back of the shirt. The hole on the rear of the shirt was approximately circular in shape and about one-fourth of an inch in diameter, with the fibers pressed inward. These factors established it as a bullet entrance hole. The relative position of the hole in the back of the suit jacket to the hole in the back of the shirt indicated that both were caused by the same penetrating missile. 
On the front of the shirt, examination revealed a hole seven-eighths of an inch below the collar button and a similar opening seven-eighths of an inch below the buttonhole. These two holes fell into alignment on overlapping positions when the shirt was buttoned. Each hole was a vertical, ragged slit approximately one-half of an inch in height, with the cloth fibers protruding outward. Although the characteristics of the slit established that the missile had exited to the front, the irregular nature of the slit precluded a positive determination that it was a bullet hole. However, the hole could have been caused by a round bullet, although the characteristics were not sufficiently clear to enable the examining expert to render a conclusive opinion. When the president's clothing was removed at Parkland Hospital, his tie was cut off by severing the loop immediately to the wearer's left of the knot, leaving the knot in its original condition. The tie had a nick on the left side of the knot. The nick was elongated horizontally, indicating that the tear was made by some object moving horizontally, but the fibers were not affected in a manner which would shed light on the direction or the nature of the missile. End of section 9